Welcome to the True North Podcast. This podcast is about navigating through today's culture in the direction that lands at the heart of God. Let's go. Good morning. Look about let somebody beside you say, I'm so glad you are here this morning. Anybody enjoy the kids' presentation? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. If you have a Bible this morning, we're going to be in Luke chapter 2. If you don't, it's all good. We'll put it on the screen. Luke chapter 2. Obviously, we've been in, um, for those who know, we've been in a series called Advent, the season of Advent, because that is the time between um, Thanksgiving and Christmas. That's the time now we are still in Advent. Advent is more than uh, a chocolate candy calendar. It's more than a coffee uh, cutout box, K-Pod thingy. It's more than all those things, although those things are great. <clears throat> but there's so much wrapped in Advent. And obviously, we missed last week because of the storms and the tornadoes and all that and please even though you know we're a week past that still please keep families in prayer still keep um all the all the volunteers that are still working because i know um i know there's still a few uh small pockets that um they're they're on limited power um they're having to conserve the energy and conserve that just because um the substations aren't at full strength yet so please keep those uh, those people in your prayers um and it's so easy to forget about it. It's so easy because um, there's so much going on in the world and, you know, we're a week past it. And I was definitely guilty of it. I know I was working yesterday. As soon as I got out to start the route, I'm reminded of all the destruction because where I end up working and delivering, it's, I mean, it's the houses are, there's houses still level, barns still level, trees still out, even though they've moved them off the road. You can just see the aftermath. Um, so it's easy to forget. So I encourage you, please, um, especially as we move towards Christmas, because that, no, there, there's no where I, you know, there's no great time for calamity. There's no great time for chaos. But at the same time, to have all that happen right before Christmas, I mean, that's 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 hard. Uh, so please, 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 please. In fact, right now, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much. Lord, Lord, I thank you for providing for each and every person that is without. Lord, I thank you right now. Lord, I thank you that they do new, they do not lose hope in you. Lord, they don't lose faith in you. They don't lose trust in you, Lord. But I thank you for this is the perfect opportunity for you to show yourself mighty and strong in each and every um, life of every person, Lord, that that has suffered from um, the previous storms. But, Lord, also I thank you for today what you're going to do through us. Lord, what you've already done through us, Lord, I thank you. Your spirit was already here. Your presence is already here, Lord. So I thank you. Teach us, Lord. Give us the very things that we need in order to not be, uh, not be consumed with consumerism as we get closer towards Christmas. But give us the very things that we need to be consumed with your grace. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Look, person beside you, say, I'm gl- so glad you're here. So glad you're here. Hallelujah. Ah, uh, yes, ma'am. Sorry. Passion translation. Uh-huh. In the Passion Translation. So, because we missed last week, um, we're going to, uh, I was telling mom, I'm super excited about this opp- this challenge, this opportunity. Because we missed last week, we understand that Advent, each week means something different. And last Sunday, the third week means joy. Somebody say joy. joy. 
So, you know, to, uh, so uh, obviously this is our last Sunday um, before Christmas, and we're not doing Sunday, uh, we're not doing Sunday service the Sunday after Christmas. So we're going to be combining uh, three different uh, themes today, uh, but also try to keep it very brief as well. But, you know, the third week was about joy. The fourth week, this week, is about love. Somebody say love. So today we're going to be combining joy, love, and the birth of Christ. So biblical joy, the definition for true biblical joy goes far beyond uh, moment or monetary happiness. It's an extreme uh, feeling that cannot be uh, deterred by present circumstances. It can't be affected by present circumstances. It can't be affected. So that means that whether it's good stuff, whether it's the highs, you just won the lotto ticket, woo! That's a, you, or, or you lost your job. Like joy isn't affected by either, uh, either side of the spectrum. This type of joy comes from God alone. Joy can often be experienced when a believer thinks about salvation or eternal life or Jesus. So understand this, the third week in Advent is about joy. Um, you know, like we said with the, the Advent wreath, um, you know, has the different candles. For the third candle represents joy, but it's also known as the shepherd's candle. It's also known as the shepherd's candle. Somebody say shepherd's candle. So let me explain. In Luke chapter 2, <clears throat> we're going to be in, I want to do verses 8 through 10 in the Passion Translation. And we're going to talk about this for a minute. But verse 8 says, That night in a field near Bethlehem, there were shepherds watching over their flocks. Suddenly, suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field with blazing glory of God, and the shepherds were terrified. But the angel reassured them, saying, don't be afraid, for I have come to bring you good news, the most joyous news the world has ever heard, and it is for everyone everywhere. So obviously, the shepherd's candle, it represents the joy that the shepherds had upon Jesus's arrival. Now, until the chosen, I don't know if anybody watches the chosen, but one of the things I love about the chosen, it always makes me run to scripture. It always makes me run to see two things. Is it real? Did this really happen? Is it true? All these different things. So I remember um, if anybody's seen the most recent of The Chosen, um, you know, there's the episode about uh, the one literally, I guess it was last week or last Sunday or something like that. But in this story, this Christmas story, growing up, we always would see the shepherds. We would always see, um, you know, I remember growing up, we had this little cute little nativity scene in mom and dad's house. It was I don't even know y'all still have that. It's like the little plastic cows, and uh, it was supposed to be mine. I don't know. Dre probably got it and got rid of it. She does. I'm joking. I'm joking. She don't do that. But but in the in the nativity story, you know, the shepherds, they were always just extra characters. But uh, that's one of the things I love about the chosen. But in the story, the shepherds, the job of these specific shepherds were they were to to breed and groom uh, the lamb that was supposed to be sacrificed for the temple, for the tabernacle. That was their job. They were supposed to they were supposed to breed and groom spotless uh, lambs without blemish. And I thought that was very interesting. You know, of all the shepherds for God to use in his story, in the whole in the whole event of his son being born for him to use these specific shepherds. It was it was a it was a way for him to uh, to invite them in for them to see what a what a real spotless lamb looked like, because you know obviously the shepherds what they would do they would groom and breed these lambs and once the lamb was at you know whatever met all the criteria all the different things they would present that lamb spotless without blemish to the priest and the priest was sacrificing unto the Lord, and for God to invite he could invite any he could have 
chose any type of shirt. Any, any other ones on the other side of the bat side of the moon or wherever it is. But in fact, he chose this specific group of shepherds. Now, understand this. I love this. It, it, it gets better. Somebody say it gets better. This, this, this is where the nerd side of me kicks in. But what, uh, what these shepherds would do when, they would, when the lamb was ready, when the lamb was ready, they would wrap it. Hey, all right, I'm, I'm going to try to keep myself contained. But they would wrap this lamb, they would wrap it in strips of cloth. And they were wrapping in strips of cloth in order to keep it from getting any more blemishes or to develop any spots or wrinkles or get, uh, to prevent it from getting cut or injured. And they would present this lamb wrapped in strips of cloth to be sacrificed. Ah, the reason I nerd out, because Luke mentions, he, he uh, you know, we don't see Matthew mention it, we don't see Mark or John mention it, but Luke made sure to mention that there was another sacrificial lamb that was presented and born unto us, wrapped in strips of cloth. Why did Luke mention this? He mentioned this to remind us that Jesus is the Lamb of God that was presented to be slain for the sins of the world. Amen? Like Pastor Kellen said, he was presented to be slain for the sins of the world. He was presented to be saved. Say he presented for to save us from our sins. Amen. Amen. So uh, joy moved the shepherds to do something in that same chapter, in chapter Luke, verses 17 and 18, the Passion Translation. The shepherds, they found so much joy that it caused them to do uh, what it says in verse 17 and verse 18. It says, upon seeing this miraculous sign, the shepherds recounted what had just happened. And watch this. Everyone who heard the shepherd's story was astonished by what they were told. The shepherds were so moved and so full of joy that guess what? They ran and told everybody. They, they weren't moved to joy because the uh, baby Jesus healed them. They weren't moved to joy because baby Jesus gave them a new horse, you know, a new horse on 22s. Baby Jesus didn't cause him to win the lottery. Baby Jesus, he was just born. Emmanuel was born. Somebody say Emmanuel. Emmanuel. So the fact that he was born erupted this joyous uh, feeling within them to the fact that they went and told everyone. So let me ask you a question. What is keeping you from telling everyone about Jesus? Yes, we didn't witness the birth of Christ, but you know what we witnessed? Him coming and living within us. That's, that's what joy looks like to the point that it causes us, despite what the circumstances look like, despite who has said what, despite who is doing what, that we can tell anyone and everyone that we come in contact with. So just a reminder, biblical joy has to do with stability and celebration on the inside, regardless of the circumstances on the outside. It has to do with stability and celebration on the inside, regardless of what's going on around you. It has to do with being, uh, being uh, resilient in who God has told you he is. Amen? Amen? So really, the shepherds, they became messengers. The shepherds became messengers. They were out in the field when they were approached by the angels. I love, I love the fact that God used shepherds. He, did, he didn't go find office workers. He, did, he, didn't search the, he didn't search the plane and to, to go find people the highest prestige. He didn't go try to find people that had a higher IQ level. He didn't go try to find people that looked great on Instagram. He didn't go to try to find people that, that were part of the Chamber of Commerce. He didn't go to try to find people that had it all put together. He went and included shepherds. Now, Lindsay, what are you getting at? I'm under, I want you to understand this. A shepherd, understand this, the, when the shepherds went to go see God, God in the flesh. When the shepherds went to go see God in the flesh, they were dirty, they were sweaty, they were rough, 
covered in fur, covered in hair. And watch this. I know I, know, I can already hear mom's expression now, but I don't know if you really realize this, but they were covered in sheep poop. Sheep poop. Now, most of us, I'm pretty sure all of us, we wouldn't come in. We would not come in Sunday morning covered in sheep poop. We'll be covered in, in sheep hair, fur. We would, we, would, we would comb our hair. We'd brush our teeth. We, we would, you know, put D.O. for the B.O. and try to make sure we're all put together. We laugh, but at the same time, y'all, yeah, you're, some of you are probably like, did, did I do that this one? Let me check real quick. <laughs> yeah, I did it. Yeah, I did it. I, I can tell you a story, but I won't. I won't. <laughs> I remember, okay, I will, I will, because like, do it, do it. I remember, uh, I remember when I was in, um, still at that time, Kwood was just K through eight, so we'll still say middle school age. And I, you know, I was, I was, I was growing. I was, you know, starting to, starting to, to understand, not even understand, just understand that there could be, that like, oh, I may, I don't, I have a choice in things. You know, I, I thought, I had the illusion of, Miranda's like, yeah, I thought I had a choice in things. And I remember one Sunday morning, I'll never forget it. I can even tell you the, the outfit that um, was chosen for me to wear um but uh, it was this kentucky royal blue suit i don't know if you remember me having that yeah yeah uh-huh and i remember uh one sunday morning i just got up and i just put the i just put the suit on or whatever i you know i ate my breakfast put it on and i was ready to go out the door and uh let's see no like uh mom's like you better go you better go clean yourself up i said i'm good I'm good, you know, whatever. I wasn't playing drums, ain't nobody caring, you know, da-da-da. And uh, she went on to church or whatever, and um, that's so you know, I'm in the bathroom, and I hear this bang on the door. It's Dad. I was like, hey, Dad. He's like, put your ear to the door. I'm like, okay, I put my ear to the door. And he put the, the house phone that we had, like, there was no speaker back then. This dating or so. There was no speaker phone, all right? Cell phones still were just the car bag phones, all right? It really made me more like the Saved by the Bell, Zach, Zach phones. But um, I remember mom was yelling. She needs speaker phones. She was yelling. She's like, boy, if you don't get in that shower right now, I am going to come and get in there with you and clean you. <laughs> and to this day, to this day, I've never missed an opportunity to make sure myself is clean. <laughs> only took one. Only took, only took one time. Some people, you know, take small times. They go, no, 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 because I had this vivid picture because I, I was 12 at the time. I well, well aware of knowing better. You know, I just had this picture of my mom driving home and getting in this. I was like, no, no. <laughs> and I, Granny, I never scrubbed so hard. And to this day, it is, it is a pet peeve of mine. If I get, I'm like, wait, wait, what? What is that? No, no, all right, we're going, yeah, no. So, but we, when we come to church, we, we make sure that we're put together. But these shepherds, they weren't. They weren't put together, but guess what? They didn't care because all they, all they knew was that God in the flesh had been born among them, and they couldn't help it. They had to go see. But I love the fact that God included them because they didn't have it all together which shows us that that's not God's requirement. You having it all together is not God's requirement. Mm. I don't care what they said about you in school. I don't care what the insecurities say. I don't care what the bank account says. You having it all together is not God's requirement. You know what God's requirement is? That heart of yours. That thing that's ticking right in here. That acceptance, that's what's required. He wants you to accept him as Lord and Savior. Now, Lindsay, I've already accepted him as Lord and Savior. Okay, well, that's great. But daily, do we accept his leading? Do we accept his insight? Do we accept his wisdom? Do we accept his direction? 
Somebody say Emmanuel. Emmanuel. So uh, you'll, Kelsey, you have to pull this in the New Living Translation, but um, let's look at Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 7. Isaiah chapter 7 in the New Living Translation. I guess I should have gave a title earlier today, but today we're talking about Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. In Isaiah chapter 7 in the New Living Translation, we'll be in verse 10 through 14. Um, 10 through 14. No, you're good. In verse 10, it says, uh, Later the Lord sent the, this message to King Oz. Ask the Lord your God for a sign of confirmation. Make it as difficult as you want, as high as heaven or as deep as the place of the dead. <clears throat> but the king refused. No, he said, I will not test the Lord like that. Verse 13, well, in verse 14. Then Isaiah said, listen, well, you royal family, David, isn't it enough to exhaust human patience? Must you exhaust the patience of my God as well? All right, then the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means what? God is with us. God is with us. Emmanuel literally means God is with us. So to say that God is with us, it almost sounds like we're, 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 putting, we're lumping him into as an attachment. You know, Emmanuel, God with us. You know, that phrase with us makes it sound like we're saying God is an attachment. But guess what? God's not an attachment. God is not an attachment. Uh, he's, 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 he's God. Jesus is God. Jesus is somebody that you just bring along with you in your life. You know, he's, he's, not, a, he's not a handbag. He's not a purse. He's not a merce. I actually know some fellas that do rock merces. I'm not one of them. I, 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 try, I tried to bring them back to the light. didn't work, but it's all good. But Jesus is not a merce. He's not a handbag. He's not a plus one. He's not a co-pilot. He, he is the pilot. Amen. If he's in control, you're not. That's right. If God is in control, we are not. Amen. He's not a co-pilot. Jesus is not a homie. I remember growing up, we had this song, on a Monday, he's a homie. He's, he's not your homie. All right, Jesus is not your homie. He's not a Coke machine. You can't jimmy him. You can't uh, alter his, uh, his state of mind in order for him to give you what you want. He's not a Coke machine. He's not a cash cow. He's not a prosperity gospel funnel. Jesus is God. Amen. Jesus is God. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. He's Emmanuel, God with us. My favorite thing, Jesus is the incarnate. He is the incarnation. What that, that's just a big theological word that means God is in human form. It just means that, Jesus, that God put skin and bones on and came in the name of Jesus. Jesus is God incarnate, which means God in human form. God chooses to be with us through Jesus. Did you know that? God chooses to be with you through Jesus. God chooses to be in your life through Jesus. Amen? Amen. So watch this. Jesus is the Father's gift to us. Did you know that Jesus is God's gift to you? We celebrate the gift of Jesus being born. That, that's the Father's gift to you. God. To you. To mankind. Thanks, man. So let me ask this question. When was the last time we treated Jesus like a gift that we did not earn or deserve? When's the last time we treated Jesus like a gift that we didn't earn or a gift like we didn't deserve? 
It's so easy to, to, to require things of God, but we, we, don't, we rarely treat him like a gift that we didn't earn or deserve. You know, I remember growing up as a kid, uh, Publishers Clearinghouse was very popular. I don't even know if it's still around, but it was very popular. And I remember when I, the summers I would stay with Granny, she would get the little, uh, the little, um, little flyers in the mail. And I would get so excited because I see, I see on the uh, envelope, you know, Publishers Clearinghouse. I was like, oh, this is going to be it. You know, so I, I would go take it to Granny. I'm like, Granny, this could be it. And I'm not going to open her mail, but I'm like, Granny, you got to open it. You got to open it. And she knew better. She knew it was just advertisement. She knew it was just them trying to get money for her and all these other things. But I had seen all the infomercials where, you know, the random guy and the, the one with the balloons, you know, go and looking back at it now, I'm like, man, that don't make a whole lot of sense. But still, I remember seeing them go up to the house and knock, and the person just so happened to be home. Like, and, and the, 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 the woman, it was always a wife that answered the door, but her hair would be perfectly straight. You know, she, her clothes wouldn't have a spot or blemish or a wrinkle, and she just happened to be in high heels and, you know, ready to go, oh, how, this this mine, you know. Looking back at it now, I'm like, oh, that was so staged. That was so staged. That was so staged. But as a kid, I fell for it. So I would, I would just, so I would imagine, you know, I would imagine them coming down to our house, you know, knocking on the door. What we do, we, you know, wow. You know, just one, you know, $30 million or whatever it was. And, you know, we would get excited or even we uh, fast forward and when we think about the scenarios of winning the lottery or somebody, you know, uh, a rich, you know, ruler somewhere across the sea just randomly pitch your name and bless you with $30 million. We think about all these scenarios to where, you know, like we would rejoice. I mean, if you if somebody bless you with $30 million, you would be crying. You'd be snot-nosed crying, thanking Jesus. You'd be on the floor just rolling around. You wouldn't care getting all dust and lint all in your hair and everything, weird falling, all this stuff. You wouldn't care. You wouldn't care. Why? Because somebody blessed you. Why? Because it was a gift you didn't earn. Or When's the last time we had that same adoration for Jesus? When's the last time when we thought about Jesus? When's the last, watch this. When's the last time when we got up in the morning, we saw Jesus the same way that we would see winning the lottery? Oh, wow, Jesus, you're here. Wow, God, you, you, put, you still have oxygen in my body. Oh, man, thank you, God. Oh, thank you, God. Wow, God, I still have a roof over my head. Yeah, there's people that their homes got rocked in the storm, but Lord, still, like, I'm safe. Wow, thank you. Thank you. Or better yet, Lord, you saved me when I didn't deserve it. Yeah. When's the last time we approached Jesus with that same type of adoration? Because unfortunately, so many times we allow the woes and the blows that life throws at us, we allow those things to determine how we're going to approach God. We allow the woes of life. We allow the blows of life. We allow the rumors. We allow what people have done to us, people have said about us. We allow all the, uh, all the naysayers, we've allowed all the insecurities to filter how we see God, how we talk to God, how we pray to God, how we worship God, how we even just, uh, just assemble the thought of God in our mind. So let me ask this next question. When was the last time we viewed Jesus as Emmanuel? When was the last time you viewed Jesus as Emmanuel? What was that? <laughs> Kellen's like, thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. I love you, son. I love you. You're going you're gonna to do this one day. Amen. When was the last time we viewed Jesus as Emmanuel, God with us, versus, watch this, versus us just viewing him as a funnel for money and prosperity and wealth? When's the last time we viewed Jesus as God is with me versus God, I, I need this. I need this. I need this. Give me, give me, give me, give me. You know, as parents, we hate it when our kids are like, I want this. I want this. Give me, give me, give me, give me. 
And I understand now the frustration of my parents when, I, when the JC catalog would come in. Anybody remember the JC catalog? Woo! Big old thick catalog. And uh, I remember it would come in, and uh, I would automatically circle and pinpoint all the different things I wanted for Christmas. And I'm like, all right, Mom, this is what I want. I give her the book. Like, have your choice. And she's just like, uh-huh. All right, she said that book on the counter. She'd go back to do what she'd do. And I'm like, what? I just told you what I want. Stop what you were doing. Now, I didn't say that. <laughs> if anybody, if, if anybody of y'all uh, got to witness vintage Alita and George, then... It was more of a, you know, if y'all would like to get this, <laughs> if you would like to get this, but I'm totally, un I'm totally appreciative of whatever you mean. <laughs> I'm, I'm appreciative of the air in my body. Thank you. Okay. You know, thank you. Thank you for the life. <laughs> and uh, it's funny because they say history repeats itself um, every so often, but now, you know, there's no longer the JCPenney uh, catalogs. I don't even know if JCPenney is still around, um, but now they have the, the Amazon catalog. And it's, it's not as thick, it's just about that. And of course our kids will discover it, Kellen's, every time. It's, uh, when I think we've gotten rid of it, the thing resurfaces again, again and again. And even this morning, we're sitting at, they're sitting at the table and I hear, yeah, so I think on this page, I'm like, God, I thought I got rid of that thing. <laughs> uh, at one point, Kellen was sleeping with it, so like. <laughs> I think we even have three in the house. Three, no, that explains, that explains a lot. One for each boy, evidently. <laughs> but watch this. Our opinions don't define who God is. The incarnation defines who God is. I'll break that down. Our, your opinions, traditions, they don't, they don't define who God is. Jesus does. Jesus is the incarnation. Jesus is God with skin and bones. Jesus is God with us. Jesus is God in the flesh. Proof of this is Jesus told the disciples, if you have seen me, then you have seen the Father. John 14, 9. Another example is in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. I'm going to read it in the mirror translation. But Jesus said that if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Jesus is, who, Jesus is proof of who God is. But listen to this. Jesus is the crescendo of God's conversation. He gives context and content to the authentic thought. Everything that God had in mind for mankind is voiced through Jesus. I'm going to say that again. Everything that God had in mind for you is voiced in Jesus. Jesus is God's language. He is the radiant and flawless expression of the person and intent of God. He mirrors God's character and exhibits his every attribute in human form. He is the voice of God announcing our redeemed innocence. By his own doing, he accomplished purification for sins and sat down and thrown in the boundless measure of his majesty in the right hand of God. His voice is the dynamic that sustains the entire cosmos. Jesus is God. Jesus is God. Now watch this. I said this to Kelsey uh, a couple of days ago. I got so excited. But because of the incarnation... God can never be invisible again. Because of Jesus, Abba God, Father God, can never be invisible again. Lindsay, what are you saying? When you want to see who God is, you look at Jesus. You know, you can look at me, you can look at Dre, you can be like, oh, that's, that's George and Elite's kids. Why? Because we, we have physical appearances, physical attributes that, that reflect our parents. Or you can even say, oh, that's Arnell, or that's Howard's grand grandson or granddaughter. Why? Because we have physical, we even have characteristics that reflect our parents and grandparents. Amen. 
especially Drea. I'm joking. I'm joking. But we have, we have attributes, we have characteristics, we have quirks, we have lights and dislikes that reflect where we came from. You have quirks, you have characteristics, you have attributes that reflect who you have come from. But watch this, you have attributes that reflect your true origin, which is God. Your true origin, your true DNA, and Jesus reflects God. If you want to know what God looks like, you look at Jesus. If you want to know how God feels about somebody, you look at how Jesus, what, how Jesus interacted in the Gospels. Amen. How does God feel about this issue? What did Jesus say? Because Jesus said, if you've seen me, then you see the Father. So when we read about Jesus, we're reading about the Father. Yeah. When Jesus is healing, he's healing because the Father healed. When Jesus is blessing, we're, he's, uh, he's blessing. Why? Because it's God's desire. Because of Jesus, God could never be invisible again. God could never be standoffish again. Why? Because he gave us Jesus. Jesus is God in the flesh. Jesus is the express image of God. He is Emmanuel. He is Emmanuel. So he said the third week is about joy and the fourth week is about love. So uh, we've talked about joy. So in order to talk about love, we can, we can talk about the exogenesis of love. We can hermeneutically deep dive on the word love. But I fully believe, I fully believe love could be summed up with this one statement. This one statement. This one statement. And when, and when the Lord gave this to me, I wasn't doing anything super spiritual. Angels weren't humming in the, in the background. Wasn't listening to C.C. Winans, believing for it. I wasn't taking communion. So I'm saying all these, now it's not shots, I'm just saying I wasn't doing anything to, to, to bring the glory in. Just putting letters in a box. Just dropping off packages and avoiding Rottweilers. <laughs> but I fully believe love could be summed up in one statement, which is this. Jesus is proof that God loves and cares for you. Jesus is proof that God loves you and he cares for you. I mean, the kid said it perfectly. We, I didn't tell Kelsey that we was doing the but The kid said it perfectly. For God so loved the world. You know who's in the world? You. So, buddy, God loved you so much that he gave Jesus. You know, we, we for, for every parent that's in the room, you, you know, if you love your kid, then obviously you do different things for them. Why? Because you love them, not because they owe you this or not because uh, it's because you love. God is a father, the perfect father. And guess what? He loves us so much that he gave us Jesus. Jesus is a gift. It's so easy to look at this upcoming Saturday as we're going to open up every present. We're going to unwrap all these different things. And, oh, you didn't give me this. Oh, wow, you really did. You love me. You do listen to me. Oh, wow. Thank you. Or you, we'll do the, oh, thank you. And in the back of our mind, we're like, okay, I'm going to re-gift this. Who I need to re-gift? You know, I didn't get so-and-so uncle something. I didn't get him. We're going to wrap this real quick. We're going to wrap this real quick. Some of y'all be looking for some aluminum foil on the tape because you ain't got no wrapping paper. I'm like, here you go. You know, you, you can laugh, but deep down, we, we've all done something. We've all done something. I remember well, another story, and then we'll, we'll close. But I remember uh, when I worked in Cleveland, and we did this, we did this Christmas party at our, at our job. And uh, there was a criteria for all the different gifts. So, you know, I thought, I, I thought I'd go a little above and beyond and get this. And uh, the gift I ended up getting was a remote control holder. A remote control holder. I was like, hmm, okay, thank you. I'm like, you know what? I thought of a cousin. I was like, I ain't get them anything. I'm going to wrap this up, bad boy. They're like, oh, wow, thank you. I was like, hey, don't thank me. 
Literally, don't thank me. <laughs> don't thank me. Here you go. Here you go. I don't know if that person ever catch, kept it. I ain't going to call no names. Don't worry. They ain't in the room, so you're good. But I don't know if they kept it, but still, I'm like, don't thank me. You know, I was, I was humble in the moment. Don't thank me. But understand this, Jesus is proof that God loves us and cares for us, all right? <clears throat> he is proof that God loved us and cared for us. So let me end with this. Let me end with this. We're talking about love. So what is the season of Advent? What is all that we've talked about this month? Hope, joy, love, peace, all these things. What, what does that have to do with us? Ultimately, we live in a world where people think of Christmas and the only thing they think is Santa. The only thing they think is Santa Claus. The only thing they think about is presents. And innocently enough, as children, we all thought about those things. And low-key, sometimes we divert to those things in the back of our mind. Now, as believers, you, you would think, oh, there's, there's no real harm in that. But well, I'm going to challenge you. Everybody, you ready for the challenge, dude? Do you need to buckle up? Do you need to put a pillow over your toes? Because I'm going to challenge you because it challenges me. If we're to follow Jesus, there is some level of harm in that. The reason I say that is because Santa gives gifts based off uh, if you're naughty or nice. You know, if you're naughty, you don't get nothing. You get a lump of coal. If you're nice, you get whatever your heart's desire. That's what we was always taught growing up. I, I'll be honest, I don't remember being taught Santa. I just remember knowing that uh, these presents were for mom, dad, granny, grandpa, all that. And I was very appreciative of it. I'll be honest, as a kid, the idea of uh, an older man coming in our house just while we all sleep kind of creeped me out sometimes. Just, just to let you know. We lived down in the woods, and I didn't want that. But, but understand this. <clears throat> Santa gives gifts based off of conditions, based off of conditions. So therefore, you're having to jump through certain hoops in order to get those conditions, in order to get those, in order to get the desires of your heart, you're having to work for it. And as believers, we celebrate someone that is so much greater. The reason why is because with God, Advent is not about our performance. It's about his. That's what makes that's that's there's so much that separates uh, who we serve, who we worship, who we celebrate this coming Saturday versus who the world celebrates. Why? Because Santa will only give gifts and, you know, Santa will only give gifts if you if you have done the work and put in the time for it. God rewards you not based off of what you bring to the table. God rewards not based off your IQ level. God doesn't reward you based off of how many chapters you read of, or how many hours you've logged in prayer. God rewards you based off of just him simply loving us. Why? Because he's full of grace. That's who he is. He loves. He cherishes. He rewards. He protects. He serves and he saves. He, that the, he is the gift. That's the gift. That's what we celebrate. We celebrate this Saturday as we open presents, as we talk, as we fellowship. We honor and celebrate the fact that we are alive and we can spend eternity with God, not based off of what we've done, but based off of who Jesus is. And that, watch this, that's why the shepherds got so much joy. Because they knew that the dawn of their redemption was in that moment. The dawn of their, the beginning of their redemption. We celebrate this Saturday the beginning of our redemption. We, uh, this Saturday, the birth of Jesus, it's, it's, it's a big reminder that, you know what? 2,000 years ago, God was like, you know what? It's time to start redeeming mankind. 
It's, it's time. It, every, everything that I've put into a plan is, let's start it now. The fruition of it. And it wasn't like God oh, was just like, okay, we're just a random thought to put Jesus in this moment of time. No, 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 no. The Bible says at the fullness of time. So that meant that God surveyed, just like in Loki, looking at the timeline. I don't know if that's true or not. I just want to throw that in there. But God looked at all of, his, all of history and found the right time to save you. The right time to save you. That means that he had to look at every detail of your life and know that, okay, if we, if we start right here, they'll receive. Or maybe they won't receive, but still, it'll be, it'll be available for them to receive it. That's how caring God is. That's how thoughtful God is. That's how intentional God is. Somebody say Emmanuel. So let me drop this last point. Remember when we started Advent, we gave the analogy. Advent, the best way to understand it is if the President of the United States of America was coming to your house at 4 o'clock today, most of y'all would get up and you like, love you, Lindsay. Uh, just, just drop the presents off. You deliver the mail, so drop them off whenever you drop off the mail or something like that. And y'all be running home trying to clean your house, throwing stuff under the rug, throwing stuff under the bed. Y'all be getting the shampooer out. If you ain't got the shampooer, if you ain't got a shampooer, y'all be buying the shampooer. And the President of the United States was coming to your house, President of the United States of America was coming to your house, you would leave and you, watch this, I wrote this down, you would go home and prepare your house to be presented in a manner worthy of the one who is coming. Woo! If the President of the United States of America was coming to your house, you would leave here to go clean your house. Why? Because you wanted to be worthy of the one who was coming to your home. Mm. Hey, if you ain't picked up on it, we done with this. But that's what Advent is about, but not just Advent. That's what, the, that's what our lives should be about to the point that we are preparing our minds. We are preparing our habits. We prepare the way we talk. We prepare the way we treat people. We prepare the way we, we, uh, we parent our kids. We prepare our marriages. We prepare the way we work on our jobs. We prepare our lives to be worthy of the one who is coming someday. We prepare our lives to be worthy of the one that's coming someday. How, what an honor to be caught obeying Jesus. What an honor when he comes back, because guess what? He will come back. And when he comes back, is he gonna, what, what's he going to catch you doing? Sometimes I love walking into the boys' room to catch them to see what they're going to do, to see, what, to see what, what's going on. They, it's like Kena does, does a rap, but kill him. Just freezes. I'm like, what you doing? What are you doing? It's nothing. That's what I know. You, no, you're doing something. When our glorious Savior comes back, if we're still on the earth, what's he going to catch you? Is he going to catch you obeying? Is he going to catch you doing the same thing he told you to do? Is he going to catch you serving faithfully on the job? Is he going to catch you serving, uh, reflect to him as you parent your kids? Is he going to catch you reflect to him in your marriage? Is he going to catch you reflecting you being nice to people? Or is he going to catch you in your feelings? Is he going to catch you being rude? Is he going to catch you being distant and cold? Is he going to catch you only focusing on yourself? Or is he going to catch you preparing your heart and your mind and your speech and your thoughts to be worthy of him? That's, what, that's, that's, that's why we do this. 
That's why we that's why we make sure we keep our hearts in check. That's why we make sure we keep our minds in check. That's why we make sure we keep our speech in check. That's why we make sure we keep all the influences, all the people on here. That's why we make sure we we filter those things. Why? Because we want to prepare this home right here, this temple. We want to prepare it to be presented to the one who is worthy of all the praise, all the glory and all the honor. We want him to be Emmanuel. He's Emmanuel, church. He is God with you. He is God with you. Tomorrow at work, he's God with you. Today, when you leave here, he's God with you. We'll sing the songs. We'll open the gifts. We'll, we'll, we'll fellowship and all that. But at the end of the day, you need to remember in the darkest hour of your life, because the shepherds, they understood it. In the darkest hour of their lives, they realized, oh, wow, this is, a, this is God with me. No matter what the devil tells you, God is with you. Amen. 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 Let's pray real quick. Lord, thank you so much for today. Lord, thank you for what you've done through us and, and, and the word that you've given to us, Lord. Lord, help us the rest of our, the rest of our lives. Help us to prepare. Help us to pre prepare our, 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 this home, this vessel that you live in, which is us. Help us to prepare our hearts and our minds to be presented in a manner that is worthy of you because you will return. We love you, Jesus. We honor you. Lord, thank you for the gift, which is you. God, thank you for giving us your son, Jesus. Thank you for giving us your son, Jesus. We love you, Jesus, and we honor you. In Jesus' name, everybody say Everybody say